start, I want to kind of end this year and, and start the new year with a few corny jokes. Okay? Now, I have run these jokes by my seven-year-old grandson, Gideon, and he approves of them. Okay? So here, here, here we go. What does a farmer give his wife at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve? Hogs and kisses. <laughs> Hogs and kisses, get it? <laughs> okay, okay, I got another one. What does a cat say on New Year's Eve? Meow. <laughs> Same thing it says every other year. Okay, this is, okay one last one. Okay, knock, knock. Abby. Abby New Year. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not sure why, uh, but a, a new year always seems to give us a, a fresh start. Gives us a chance to kind of renew some goals that we've had in the past. Uh, for some of us, it might be, you know, turning the page on the struggles of the last year. A matter of fact, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, to his readers who are struggling... God tells them to call to remembrance their former days. Look back. Remember his, his, his faithfulness to them and, and to be encouraged with, with what is ahead of them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it speaks about Titus's joy he had as he remembered how the Corinthian church received him when he was there. So it's good for us to reflect. It, it's good for us to look back and to remember so I want to do that for us as a church family here. I want to look back at this past year, and then I want to leave you with a challenge. So let's, let's start. It kind of got a potpourri of things uh, as we look back at the uh, last year. Um, you remember we started 2019 with a challenge, a challenge to pour ourselves out to God in an extraordinary way. We wanted to do some things this year for God that were just over the top. And so we started what we called the Extravagant Love Campaign, where we had four projects. And if these four projects, we were going to raise the funds for these projects. And once we got the funds, then we were going to do these projects. But we weren't just going to, you know, get them done and, and you know, kind of patch up what we had. But we wanted to do them over the top. If you remember, the first project we had was the children's playground area. This is what it used to look like here is our children's playground area. Uh, we raised the money, and we actually built ourselves this new playground set. Okay? Oh, I mean, we, it's over the top. That thing is ridiculous. You know that? I mean, I look out there, and, 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 and I'm amazed at the time, the hours, the sacrifices. We did not just to get an area, you know, that the kids could go to and play on just because they're here, but I'll tell you, I don't know how many families pull up to the church here, if, if it's even during the weekend, the kids all want to go out, and they instantly want to play on the playground sub, because this thing, this thing is amazing. We had a second project. It was actually the, the PowerPoint uh, projector that we had. We'd had the last one for, I don't know, about 10, 15 years. Um, this is what it used to look like, Okay. And this is what it looks like now. Ah, you know. <laughs> you you kind of get the irony of it's the same projector projecting the pictures here. Uh, but you kind of get the idea that's what we uh, used to look at. Um, beginning this evening, we are going to start the third project, which is the remodeling of the upstairs restrooms. 
Now, this is kind of a, a, a praise that God has provided for us here, but this is also kind of a, a plea for some help. Um, what we're going to be doing is over the next three days, we're going to have three different teams we're looking to come, and I have some people set up already for those teams, but we could use some help. Tonight at 5 o'clock, we've got a team that is going to be meeting to prep the, the, both of the restrooms to get them ready to lay the ceramic tile. That means, you know, removing the, the, the toilets, um, you know, uh, taking the doors off, taking care of the, the partitions, all of those sorts of things. Um, if you can be here at 5 o'clock, we would definitely need your help. Tomorrow at 4 o'clock, we are going to be laying the vast majority of the ceramic tile. We're actually going to be doing a little bit of it, the monkeying around in the morning, just myself and one other person. But then in the evening, we're looking to have two teams, one to do the ladies' restroom, the other to do uh, the man's restroom. If you'd like to help us come, even if you don't know how to lay tile, we need people to be runners, uh, you know, to be getting things, to be mixing the, 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 the mortar, those sorts of things. We definitely could use you. But I need you to let me know that you're going to be coming so I can uh, kind of make plans accordingly. And then on Tuesday morning, we are looking for a group of ladies that will come in. We are going to be grouting the ceramic tile that morning, and we need uh, a good group of ladies to come in and clean the grout off of the tiles. This is fairly e extensive. I think we already have four ladies. We probably could use another two or three ladies if you're available to do that. You want to see me just as soon as possible. That's going to be Monday morning at 9.30. We're going to be doing that. And then over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see all sorts of changes uh, in the bathrooms that we're going to be upgrading them. And it's going to be a real praise. And we certainly do thank everyone who has been part of that. Uh, we have already started raising the money for the fourth project that we have, and that is going to be to finish the carpeting, um, recarpeting the downstairs. We've already done a couple of the rooms, and now we want to do the hallway, and we want to do uh, the last rooms, and that's going to kind of carry us in into the new year. Um, we're also excited at the beginning of, the, of 2019 um, of the new missionary couple that we were able uh, to bring on board. We'll go ahead and put their picture up here, Joel, Josiah and Noel Henderson are missionaries to Japan, a young couple, just exuberant, excited to the Lord. And such a unique ministry they have is they are, are going to be working with the ministry, and, and one of the primary things they're going to be doing is running a coffee house. And these coffee houses are huge over there in Japan, and they open up that opportunity with tables set that people come in then to learn conversational English. But the English they're going to be learning is going to be things of opening up conversations concerning Jesus Christ and about eternity and about where they're heading, those sorts of things. They've already had tremendous, a tremendous ministry. We're looking for this to continue. We're just so thankful uh, for the faith promises from last year. Um, our faith promises were over 27,000 uh, dollars last year. That's almost 20% of, of what just the general budget is. You know, 20% goes to missions for, you know, the Hendersons, for the Roys, for the Blairs, for the Midas, for the Pregnancy Resource, for Safe Harbor House, WEEC, you know, Voice of the Martyr, you know, and, and, and significant uh, support that we have for each one of these uh, ministries. Um, one of the biggest changes we had last year uh, was in our leadership uh, um, structure. If you remember, we used to have deacons and we used to have elders. And over the last two or three years, we have been looking at transitioning into, a, excuse me, I, we had deacons and trustees, not deacons, no, deacons and trustees. Uh, but over the last years, we've been looking to transition to have an elder board that is going to be the spiritual warriors of the church involved in prayer 
involved in seeking God's vision and direction in the church, involved in the word of God. And then we have our deacons who are going to be our spiritual hands-on servants. And then we have our trustees that lead us spiritually through many of the physical decisions and keeping our facility up. Um, We're still finding our way and kind of figuring all of that out. But I got to tell you, I, I praise the Lord for what has already happened through the transition and some of the things that we have been able to do, particularly with the deacons, as uh, every single family in the church is on, on one of the deacons' uh, lists, and you are prayed for, you are looked out for, you have someone that you can go to with some spiritual needs. A lot less things are falling through the cracks with just me having to keep my pulse on everything now that we have um, you know, a, a deacon having seven, seven or eight families in the church that, that they are kind of responsible for. Um, along that same line... Uh, in leadership came one of the biggest changes, and I got to tell you, it was a real God sighting. Um, last March, when, when Pastor Josh came and told me that uh, his home church had called him back to be the senior pastor, um, that was on a Wednesday morning. And, and I remember, you know, after that, that whole day into that evening, you know, not sleeping much because, you know, that, that meant there were going to be a lot of holes, there was going to be a lot of void, there was going to be a lot of need. And plus, we're going to have to go through the search to get a, another associate. And, I mean, it, it's just a long, if you've ever been through it, it's a long process. It's a very tedious process. It's kind of the tail that wags the dog. It, it becomes very all-consuming. Um, anyway, the next morning, I came into church, and about 7 o'clock that morning, uh, Mike Winter, if you remember this story, Mike Winter uh, came driving up. First time he's driving up. I mean, him and I have stayed well-connected, well-friends, but he's never stopped in early in the morning, saw the light on, stopped in to talk to me uh, because he was um, planning on stepping down from Gordon Food Service, and he was looking to go part-time somewhere um, because so he could, you know, be at home with the kids, with the in-laws, those sorts of things. Um, And so he asked me, he wanted to see if the church needed any help and there was any way that the church might you know, be able to take him on for 10 or 15 hours. And, and, and as I shared earlier, when he said that, you could just feel the, the whole room, my whole office filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, this was God's answer, less than 24 hours. God had taken care of it, you know, so we went through the right hoops, and ultimately uh, Pastor Mike uh, became our associate pastor. And I tell you, it has been a joy and a blessing. And you guys have seen you know, many of the, the imprints that, that Mike has had in the children's ministries and the youth ministries, and, and we are very, very thankful for that. Um, also, as I reflect over this past year, I want to praise God for all of those who have stepped up to be involved in our worship service. You know, we, we've had, uh, you know, instruments, we've had voices, sound people, PowerPoint people, um, especially appreciative of, of Ashley Mick and, and Rebecca Brooks for stepping up to leading the worship team. And, and just to give you an e- example of really, and, and that's a praise I'm giving because, um, you know, that, that's something that I did, and that's obviously, you know, that's not where an area that I feel a giftedness or in, in, but an area that needs some leadership, and it has been so nice to have them lead it. And one great example of it is this past Christmas. Um, we got through the children's Christmas program and everything, and you know, suddenly, hey, in 10 days is our Christmas Eve service. Um, for 21 Christmases here, I have planned the Christmas Eve service. 
and we have been kind of all focused on that outreach we were going to have on the 15th, so not a lot had been done. And I remember getting a hold of Rebecca saying, hey, we need to kind of start looking towards the Christmas Eve service. And she said her and Ashley had already met. They already have things, you know, in the works planning. So last, last year, in 22 Christmases that I have been here, that was the first time that I did nothing. You know, they told me, hey, you know, if I wanted to say some things or introduce some things, I kind of got involved. But they did it all. And you have no idea what a, what a great praise that is than to be able to put energies and to be able to focus on other things. And we're so thankful for, for the ministry and the work that they have been doing. Um, we also have a fellowship uh, committee here at the church, and I want to do a special shout-out to them. Um, you know, they, they have done a lot to help us as a church family to give us opportunities to bond and to unite. I mean, we had that testimony time, and and, and people are sharing that, you know, people praying for them or bringing meals in or reaching out to them. Um, you know, th that comes when people know each other and, and, and can empathize and sympathize with what we're going you're going through and can be able to be there to step in and connect. And our hospitality committee gives us those, those means to do it, not just, you know, in you know, five minutes in between service before we, you know, or after service when you go to get to our cars. You know, whether it's the cookouts that we've had, whether it's the potlucks that we've had, you know, the breakfast that we had this morning, you know, they come here and they serve us um, and they serve the Lord and, and, and giving us that unity as the body of Christ. Um, we've had a lot of special services uh, this year. Uh, sunrise service was tremendous this year. Our, our Easter worship service was, was, you know, it was over the top. Um, the trunk or treat, the outreach that we had and the many people that participated and, and the, the many that didn't know Christ as their Savior that came and we had an opportunity to share Christ with them. You know, the children's Christmas program, our missions month. You know, we had a, we had a tremendous baptism service here just about a month or so ago. You know, our Discovery Kids starting a new children's ministry. So many things, you know, that God has had his hand on and people have been able to serve in. And the last thing I, I kind of want to mention, and this is probably the key to this whole thing. This is the key to anything that happened this past year, and I guarantee you this is going to be the key to anything that happens in the future. And that is the rise of the, the, the importance of prayer within our church family. I mean, the testimonies, you know, shared that. But, but you know, we've spent some time in our, in our ABFs, our adult Bible fellowships, we spend a good 10, 15 minutes sharing with one another what God's doing in our lives and then praying for one another and then praying throughout the week for those requests. You know, the deacon families list, the deacons are, are praying for all of, all of us. You know, we have the one call that goes out instantly whenever there is a need and people are stopping and they are praying for one another. And then there's the Wednesday prayer service. And I, I'll tell you what, it has been such a blessing. We've had it, I can't remember when, when it started, but, you know, last year was our first full year. Uh, we used to have a, a Bible study, and then we, we'd have a, a, a short time of prayer. Um, but but kind of Steve Ackley led us into, let's just take this whole time, and let's just pray. You know, we have just a, usually just a little thought to kind of get our minds focused, and then we pray. And I don't know about you guys, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to pray for a long time. But, you know, we pray for 45, 50 minutes, an hour, and it, it goes by so quickly. 
because everybody is praying and everyone is building off of one another. And, the, and, the, and there's a unity there. And every single Wednesday, some 8 to 12, you know, men and women are here and they're praying. And they end that prayer time, you know, praying for, you know, one quarter of the church family. It's broken up into four different weeks. So every single month, every single one of you are prayed for by name. And I, I, I just want to put that out to you. You know, if, if, if prayer is an area that you want to work on in your life, come to the prayer service. You don't have to pray, um, but I guarantee you it, it, will, it will consume you because it has been such a blessing, um, you know, that, that service. And, you know, we have, matter of fact, lately we've been having trouble, you know, stopping it at 7.30. That's when the children's ministry gets done and some people have to go and help and everything. Uh, and it's kind of been going on because, you know, God is moving and God is working in the behalf, on the behalf of prayers. And um, I, I know I've missed a lot of things. Um, really, my, my intention is, is not to try to recount every single thing that went on last year. But I just wanted to let you know that God has his hand on our church family. In so many ways, in so many personal ways, God has been with us in this past year. And so I want to leave you, I want to leave us with a challenge. This past week I was kind of praying, Lord, you know, what what can I bring here? And, and, And God brought my mind to Hebrews chapter 11. And, and we know in Hebrews chapter 11, that's the, it's called the you know, great hall of fame, of, of faith, of, you know, of great men and women and, and their great exploits of God. And it's a tremendous chapter. And the chapter begins in Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. So all of these, these people that are going to be mentioning here who did so many great things, so many great steps of faith, their faith, that is how they gained God's approval, in faith. Trusting God to do that work. You know, in faith. And then you come down to verse 6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. You see, it's not about how hard we try. It's not about how clever we are. It's not about our human effort. But it's all about our trust. It's about our faith in God in whatever it is that we're doing. Whether we are leading millions of freed slaves through the desert and through the wilderness into a promised land, or whether we're leading six children in a Sunday school class. It takes faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because we must believe that he is in this, that, that he can do so much more far and above us. It doesn't matter if, if, if you're called to build an ark or if you're called to to build a children's playground set. Whatever we do, it's not about our effort. It's not about our strength and our abilities. It's about the faith that we we hold in God to be in this, to move it, to take it well beyond us. It doesn't matter if you're called to trust God in, 
into a great military battle or just simply trust God in a spiritual battle in your life. It's all about faith. It doesn't matter if, like David, you were given the words by God to, to, to write a beautiful psalms, you know, songs that lead people to worship or that you're called to, to lead and participate in worship here. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. A faith focus is the key to all of this. Now, I have read, I have taught, I have preached Hebrews chapter 11 hundreds of times. And, and, and when I do it, you know, I, I, you always come to realize, and, and if you kind of put it together, in, in Hebrews 10.32 is where it says, call to remembrance the former days. And then a few you know, sentences later, suddenly he goes into Hebrews chapter 11. And he lays out the remembrance of all these men and women in the past who did so many great things for God. This calling to remembrance, though, is not the key to faith. It's encouragement of faith. They call to remember to encourage their faith. Now, I've read, I've read this hundreds of times, but we always stop when we get to the end of the chapter because it is so powerful by the time you get to the end of the chapter, just crescendos to that moment. And actually, for the first time, I noticed that, you know, the the key to the faith that it's talking about in verses 1 and 2 and in verse 6 is actually isn't found until you get to chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And and, and if you know Scripture, Scripture wasn't written with chapter breaks and verses break. This is one continual thought. We're told to call to remembrance. Then God calls to remembrance his faithfulness. And then he comes down to chapter 12 and verse 1, and he says these words. He says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And here is the key now, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, the the key to the strengthening of our faith for this coming year, 2020, is not necessarily looking back. That's our encouragement. Say, hey, God was there then. He's going to be there now. But the real key is for us to look up, to fix our eyes, to look for, to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. And why is that so important? Why, is it so, why do we have to be reminded of that? Because verse 3, it says, For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It's easy to be tired. It's easy to lose heart. It's easy to look at the ministries and uh, you know, a, a, another Discovery Kids and, and Children's Church and the nursery and a, another ABF lesson or another meeting. And it's easy to just get tired. But he wants us to fix our eyes on Jesus, to look at Jesus, to see what Jesus has done so that we don't lose heart, so that we understand that it's all about Jesus Christ and about what he is going to do through us. And ahead of us in the new year, there's a whole new set of opportunities opportunities that are there to stretch our faith. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be such potentials. My challenge to us is to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. 
no matter what it is that you are called to do, where you are called to serve him, whether it's here directly in the church, whether it's in the ministry of the church, whether it's out in the community, but to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Now, God brought this, uh, this life example that he gave us to me, kind of end this here. Um, it, it, you can stay with me in just a second here. Um, if you remember in Jesus' ministry when he was walking on this earth, he went to a wedding in Cana. And you remember what happened at the wedding? You know, a real social, social fupa here. You know, in the middle of the celebration, they run out of wine. And, I mean, that's, that's just horrible, horrible hospitality. And, and they kind of had a sneaky policy back then that they always brought the best wine in at the very beginning when everybody was happy and good moods. Then they started slipping in the lower quality wine. And, you know, that, 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 you know people were in such good moods, then they, they really wouldn't care, you know, if they just got the cheap stuff at the end. But suddenly, to this wedding, Jesus Christ enters, and everything changes. He takes water, and he turns it into wine. And he says... That when, when, when they tasted it, it says in John chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, he says, when the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom, and he said, he said to him, every man serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Folks, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We look forward to Jesus because in Christ, the best is yet to come. When Christ touches something, it is instantly made better. Our best days, your best days as a believer in Jesus Christ, they are not behind you, but they are ahead of you. They are ahead of you on this earth with Jesus Christ, and they are ahead of you for all of eternity. In John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, Christ gives this promise. He says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there, you may be also. You see, that's a promise that God has given us. That's our promise, that he has gone to prepare a place for us. Whatever this year is going to hold for you, whatever your life is going to hold for you in the future here, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the best is yet to come. It's not like the world that just tries to sneak in, you know, some some cheaper stuff at the end. God says, I've saved the very very best for my children at the end. And that's kind of how I want to end our service here together. I want to read a promise that God has given us for those of you who know him as your Lord and Savior, who have been forgiven of your sins. It says in Revelations chapter 21, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. And God himself 
will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no longer any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. And God finishes strong. He finishes with the best. And for us as a Christians, as we faithfully look to him, we keep our eyes fixed on him in this upcoming year, I am thankful to stand with my brothers and sisters in Christ here for whatever it is that God's going to bring to us. Personally, you know, in, in amongst our families or, or in our ministries that he's going to bring, you know, the victories, the, the struggles that we're going to have, because together we're going to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this, this truth. God, you know, I, I admit sometimes, a lot of times, Lord, I take way too much on myself. And, and maybe, I, you know, I'm not thinking too highly of myself, but we just do. We just take it and we do it. And we forget, Father, that it's, this is you. This is about you. And so I pray that you will touch each and every one of our hearts. Prepare us, Lord, with remembrance of this past year, your faithfulness, but with eyes fixed upon you. Prepare us, Lord, for what is coming in 2020. And Father, we just thank you because that, God, you are there. And, and that's all we need to know, Lord. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for dying for my sins on the cross, Lord, for my forgiveness. And I thank you, Father, that ahead of me is a place personally prepared, a new heaven, a new earth, where God is in our midst, where tears are wiped away, where all things, all things become new for us because of Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, and we just thank you, God, for, once again, just for being, you know, the, the one that guides and directs us in our church family here. Thank you, in thy son's name we pray. Amen.